Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Illustration Department Podcast. My name is Giuseppe Castellano. In this podcast, I talk to folks in illustration, graphic design, publishing, animation, and other creative fields about their beginnings, their successes, and the bumps and bruises they've experienced along the way. In this episode, my guest is cartoonist John Cuneo, a force of nature, brilliant, weird, hilarious, the best. These are just a few of the ways the greats in the illustration world see John. Among other topics, John and I talk about his career before and after his, quote, artistic crisis. We share our experiences with anxiety and depression and how mental illness can drive a wedge between an artist and their art. And before you listen to this episode, you should know, we talk about sex, trauma, self-harm, and there's a lot of cussing. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Didn't you have like uh, 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 workers, um, hospital worker parades or something outside yes, during did. one of your interviews? Yeah, <laughs> I think they yeah, were. Yeah, I like um, that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. they were like, uh, no, no, I think it was just the neighborhood just driving around in cars, uh, honking their horns for a good 45 minutes to support first responders. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that kind of verisimilitude, I think that that whatever that is i mean yeah, I think I that's it. great yeah. I, I, you know this, it, it's the real thing it's like you know that's right. it's like one of your daughters co- is coming by and uh it's like taking pilates online and having you know one of the kids one of your instructor's kids run by you know without her pajamas on, <laughs> you know because she's you know screaming before she's gotten dressed for the day or something. definitely yeah i had oh. another and that was with shauna jc tenney he's this wonderful children's book illustrator and i had another interview with Corey godby and right at the end my daughter just I was in a closet. I was in my mother-in-law's closet, and um, at the time, and my daughter just just burst right in, asking me where the car keys were. That's that I heard that too. Yes, that's, I was thinking about that one. That, yeah. That's adorable. It's, how how um, are they doing? Are you uh, are you, where are you living now? Good. We are in Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, I, I won't even get into politics, but I'm wow. hearing a lot about Pennsylvania right now. Aren't we all? Interestingly, the presidency could get called during our conversation while we're talking yes. yeah it's it's getting close Speaking of auspicious i know yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean you know we could get into politics later my a friend of mine jay cooper who was also on the podcast he's a he's an executive creative director for for serena coin doing broadway posters and whatnot i told him that i was going to talk to you and he said he texted me back and said the timing is perfect and I, asked oh, him, I was Jesus. like, well, why is that? And he and I said, do you, do you mean because of his John's like political stuff? And he said, yes. So that's such a heightened thing these days. And I don't even consider myself, you know, really a, a political illustrator. I, I, yeah. I'm loath to use the word woke. But uh, but I think, <laughs> you know, but I think I think I kind of got sucked into it. If you're if you're a cartoonist or an Ill, or whatever I am, um, you know, and you can and you can manage to get a likeness, you just feel a certain obligation to say, well, shit, I ought to draw insulting pictures of our president at some point. You just feel like an obligation. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost patriotic Mm -hmm. or something. I can't wait till this is all over and I can go back to my usual sort of like celebrity (laughs) portraiture and whatnot. Well, you know, I mean, I guess, I I mean, professionally I'm doing, I do so much work outside of assignments. I'm talking, I'm talking mostly, I find myself always talking about my sketchbook work instead of my real, uh, you know, career-making, yeah. um, financially supportive 
stuff. Mm-hmm. I, they're not assignments. They're unpublishable drawings, but right. they're on, you know, but they're on uh, Instagram or something. And they're usually just ridiculously adolescent <laughs> portraits of, of a naked, fat Trump doing something unseemly, you oh, know, yeah. and it's, uh, it's not exactly sophisticated political satire, but... Oh. The best, it's the best I got. One of <laughs> one of the ones it. one of the ones I appreciated uh, from you was Trump uh, in the bathroom and uh, Barr was wiping his butt with the Constitution. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good That's uh, and again, you know, I'm not. Uh, it's not exactly uh, you know sophisticated political stuff, <laughs> but it is. It's what I got. Yeah. It's I mean, my, you, uh, know, you know, Thomas. I, mean, I don't know. I think if Thomas Nast was around these days. He would one hundred percent do something like that. He might, didn't he? I mean, he's drawn. Um, uh, didn't he do a likeness on, on on somebody's ass of of some some politician or something? Probably. I mean, you know, my 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 uh, my, my mantra for for uh, this administration is if, is the opposite of Michelle Obama's. It's it's when they go low, I go lower. You know, and because yeah. uh, I know my I know I know my limited skill set, man, and it's not. It's not, you know, it's not Steve Brodner and it's not Thomas Nast and it's not uh, David Levine. You know, it is, right. it is what it is. Well, we're going to get into all of that. Um, sure. When you were a kid in Westfield, New Jersey, your dad uh, and you, and I think your brother, worked in a plant nursery. Yeah. What, yeah, we What did. were some of the things you were doing? My, my dad had a, had a nursery right, in, right on the main street of Madison. Uh, he managed it in Madison, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I saw it recently. It's 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 still it's not the same name, but it still is the same kind of place. It's cross it's across from a Whole Foods. I, I pulled into a Whole Foods once, coming back from Joe Chardello's house, uh, who you know and who yep. you've interviewed, yep. and uh, who's a friend of mine. And uh, I saw the sign for Madison, New Jersey, and uh, and I pulled in there, and I we walked into uh, the Whole. Fo- I walked. I looked across the street, and I thought, God, that looks. That could be, and it, you know, and it was where it I grew was. up. I didn't have a sense of geography then or whatever, but mm-hmm. my dad sold plants and trees and shrubs mm-hmm. and, uh, and in the winter, uh, Christmas trees and things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the weekends, my brother and I, we were born in the same year, uh, Lance and I. And uh, so uh, we went like 10 months apart and wow. kind of were raised kind of like twins. Yeah, I know. Uh, what do you say to that when, when you uh, think of my mother? You just kind of just say, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's the way I, yep. <laughs> it feels. That's, that's all you can say. That's, yeah. I have, I have other things yeah. to say, but I'm just going to go ahead and say, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not. Wow. Probably for the best. Yeah. But yeah, we would, we would go in there and, and help, you know, literally yeah. just sell little begonias or, or shrubbery and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and shovel peat moths and, and, uh, drag things from the back to the front and yeah. go to the greenhouse and pull out things. And, uh, and in the winter, horrible memories of this little glass enclosed cold mm-hmm. office yeah. kind of a thing where a couple of workers were there and me and we would go out when somebody pulled in and, and, you know, and, and grab Christmas trees and shake the snow off them. And I was what, you know, four and a half feet tall and the, and the, and the snow would be down my neck and I'd be saying, this is a balsam fir and they smell good and they're good. They're well shaped, but the needles are going to come off a little sooner than this. I don't know. You know, I don't yeah. know what I was doing, but well, I was, does that yeah, help that, you? Yeah. Does it help you these days? I mean, are you a green thumb right now? No, you don't. I, you don't. You don't I, uh, uh, hang around your house up in uh, up in Woodstock and plant certain uh, you know native plants because <laughs> you're of your deep knowledge of you know flora or anything. I, well, I, you know the the soil up here is like eighty percent rocks, and and it's amazing that <laughs> there was here. so much farming here and stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's just mind boggling when you look at the stone walls and things up here that were all excavated from. 
you know, from fields mm-hmm. that uh, may still exist up here. And you think, my God, what kind of work that must have been. But I, I do, um, I have fond memories of some of that stuff. And I do actually, um, when I can, go out and dig a hole and put something in the ground and, and, and think about my dad. Um, it's, uh, it's a sentimental thing. I don't yep. think I've got any gifts. I know how to handle a shovel. And yeah. I know how to dig my own hole, and uh, that's probably a metaphor, right? There. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say, but uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been digging that hole for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm not um, sure what, I don't know what's grown. I, I, uh, I mean, I was doing a bunch of research on you, and it, this, I, this connection was not made until just now. But I, I had a similar, I have a similar experience, or I have a similar relationship with with plants, with gardening. Um, I grew up, I didn't work at a, a nursery, but my dad, every weekend, you know, I'd have to move rocks from this place to that place and pull weeds yeah. and help him plant flowers and plant gardens and orchards and all kinds of stuff. And and at the time, I hated every minute of it. Um, but now <laughs> it is it is so deep, deeply ingrained in my identity. I, I, I can't separate my life from doing gardening or having plants around or thinking about plants and it's and it has no. a lot to do with that it does have a lot to do with that yeah 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 is that it, it, your dad was, was obviously uh a, a, an italian i wonder if that's, that's right sort of an old world an old world sort of uh oh you yeah know, sort of a thing that that, that he passed along or maybe he had in him well i mean it was it, yeah. it was a give i grew up i grew up with you know uh, fig, fig trees, peach trees, uh, you know, oh, pomegranate trees, man. like all this stuff and huge garden, like Olympic sized pool sized garden. And, uh, you know, I, it was a given wow. it was like, well, everyone, I guess everyone has gardens and trees like this. Right. I mean, it, but now, you didn't I, know anybody, yeah. no, exactly. And look back on it now. I'm like, it's a, it was a very much a Southern Italian thing. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of that, is we we went we, we we went on a wagon. We would my dad would bring home tomatoes that we planted in the nursery, and we would go door to door with a wagon and a scale and sell them in our neighborhood in Westfield. And nice. then eventually we put up a stand in the front yard. And I will say that uh, the the result of that has been an unending and insufferable snobbery when it comes to tomatoes. Um, <laughs> and, and that you know, uh, a very much of an old school nostalgic look at like tomatoes will never be as good as they were then. Mm. And, uh, and, um, and so it's, uh, it's very tedious. I haven't had a good tomato in about, you know, 50 years because of that, um, that experience, yeah. according to me, yeah. you know, but, you. Uh, but yeah, so we were, we were, we were peddling tomatoes and eggplants door to door also. And so, yeah, you know, it does give you a, 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 an ingrained sense of, I, I guess, of, of the land and of, of, uh, and of respecting that kind of stuff. Because sure. like you said, you assume everybody does that, but right. it's not the case. Nope. Speaking of, um, I don't know, Italian <laughs> stuff, what, what is Cuneo? <laughs> uh, I have, um, I heard you and, uh, and Joe talking about your heritage yep. and, uh, and I have, um, a terribly truncated, um, sense of, of my family and my history. My dad was a single child. He didn't talk much about that stuff. And, his dad died when he was like 17, and so I didn't have a grandfather to sit down and tell me about the old ways. But the Cuneo is a is a is a province in uh, in northern Italy. I know mm-hmm. that much. I know it means wedge um, in 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 the language uh, a wedge. I, I'm assuming that's the shape of the province there or something. And Amazing. My family came over and sold um, you know olive, uh, olives and imports and stuff, and and settled in Jersey City uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I have never been 
anywhere. I, I, have, uh, I haven't been to Europe. I haven't been to Italy. My dad hadn't been either. So it's not like our connection was all that, uh, right. you know, ingrained in the family. I regret it every day. I wish I had heard more and, and knew more about my background. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. I mean, my a little bit more connected with mine with my heritage, but I definitely regret, uh, you know, not speaking as well as my parents do and not uh, communicating, uh, you know, often with my family in Italy. It's very sporadic. So there's a lot. There's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, but you, but you do speak some Italian, then, huh? I do. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, that's so great. I, uh, I, I, I envy that. I speak. Um, I, I mean, I, look. To be, I'm going to be honest. It's you know maybe a kindergartner or first grader kind <laughs> of kind of uh, kind of uh, grasp on the language, but anyway. Well, that's still. I mean, I can't make my way through a pizza menu, you know. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I think it's great. So good for you. Nice. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm many steps away from. From that stuff, and it's embarrassing to admit that not only have I not been to Italy, but I've never been to Europe, or I've never been. Hell, I, I barely, you know, get over to Pennsylvania. If you want to be truth, you know, the yeah. truth about it, I haven't been to that damn Whole Foods in New Jersey uh, more than three times. So mm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a shut-in. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I mean, in addition <laughs> to selling tomatoes and eggplants, one night you also drew a little when you were younger. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I did a little research on you, and I was fascinated to learn about Adelaide Johnson, this local art teacher of yours. Oh, you you said that she hosted a kind of suburban salon with tea and cookies and a still life, and that <laughs> she would encourage you to draw imitations of Mort Drucker cartoons of Spiro Agnew. Uh, who was this woman? Uh, she, what a, I, first off, I, I, whenever you, you know, whenever one does one of these interviews, you're, 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 you're a combination of, of flattered and appalled that you've got those kind of quotes out there in the internet that people can sort of just pluck out and throw back in your face and ask you to verify <laughs> or elaborate on. Um, but she was, you know, in my, maybe I'm, I'm romanticizing it. Um, you know, memory is not the most reliable narrator in my case, at least, but mm-hmm. I, I think of her as sort of this, you know, this saintly woman. I mean, she was nothing but, but encouraging. I, for, I, I, I showed, I guess, some aptitude as a kid, or at least not aptitude, at least interest in drawing. Yeah. And 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 my parents, who who were mystified by the, mystified by this kind of a thing, um, but encouraging. God bless them. They yeah. they had I, we've had issues, and and they certainly had issues um, uh, with each other. But uh, but they did at some point say, you know, maybe we ought to put this guy into some sort of a format or some sort of an educational thing mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, he's hunched over this pad. If he's not shooting baskets in the backyard, he's just doing all this drawing. And, and, and maybe we could sort of corral this into something, I mm-hmm. guess, as mm-hmm. you do as a parent, you know. Yep. And, uh, and I don't know where, again, this is one of those things I wish I could now ask them. I don't know where they found this woman, Adelaide Johnson. She lived about a half an hour away, maybe over in the Wachung Mountains or mm-hmm. some or some. I don't know. It seemed like a long way away. Maybe it was some some town like Patterson or Scotts Plains or Newark or I don't know what. But right. uh, I would go there alone and and sit in a little table in her kitchen, and she would and I would draw um, like a trained fucking monkey, you know. But yeah. I but she would she would hover over me and just encouraged me and she didn't encourage me to draw those caricatures I'm talking about. I to all when I went there I thought, well I've got to do something that's that I've already seen published. And so I would be doing Yes, I remember <laughs> so embarrassing. Um we can talk about, you know, 
plagiarism and style and stuff later on. I know those are subjects that are that are not exactly your favorite sort of things to deal with yeah. style and things, but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it fascinates me those how that how people you know come stumble upon that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Spiro Agnew. Um, God, I didn't know who Spiro. You know, I, I was just going to ask. Did um, you know who that but, was? Yeah. I guess I well I did I guess and because I had read Mad Magazine right you know but um, but Jesus there I was and 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 God bless her she was as encouraging of that of of those imitations as yeah. as she was about me you know drawing my own little people or whatever and then she eventually sort of gently weaned me off pencil drawing and said I should really be doing pen and pen and ink mm-hmm. and I remember you know um, and that, that even that you know that took such coaxing. But she did it gently and, and, you know, and put the pen in my hand and, mm-hmm. and, and, and said, here, dip this in here. And because it's such, this pen and ink is such an unforgiving, you know, medium. And you're yeah. a kid and all you want to do is make, is make sure your eraser is close That's by right. or something. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then, yes, then she would have these little, I guess you would call them openings or something where her other quote unquote students or whatever they were, mm-hmm. um, you know, we would, we would show up with their parents and, and, uh, and your parents would, I don't know, I guess they were sipping, you know, wine or something. Mm-hmm. And our little drawings would be up on a wall and she would be going around and talking to all of us and saying glowing things, uh, all of them and talking glowingly about, you know, what, what kind of uh, skills Incredible. their child had or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's just, she's such a saintly thing. I feel like there's, I feel like she has like some kind of like crazy deep history, you know, like I, I, I want to know I, more about I this. I wonder. Moment. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know what, um, and it was it was very egoless. I, I, I believe she painted too, but there was never like this is how you do this or right. here look at my work or whatever. She seemed to, and and uh, and maybe at that point, being an insecure kid and and uh, who grew up to be an insecure you know adult, but at the time I I think that might have been the corner she helped me turn to think that maybe I wasn't you know entirely hopeless there maybe yeah. there was something worth pursuing or something and what a what a you know what a fundamental moment yeah to have that uh to have that instilled in you is just mm-hmm. a serendipitous thing and i still to this day think my you know my parents where in the world did they sit down and decide you know there's this woman adelaide johnson about 25 minutes away from here in mountainside new jersey that mm-hmm. you know takes in little kids that like to draw and so anyhow it's yeah, yeah it's one of those things yeah at the same time, you discovered H. Shepard, Jules Pfeiffer, some other folks, Tenniel. Um, You said that those discoveries helped you see the end game. What qualities mm. did you see in their work at, that led you to think that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an illustrator? Well, part of that, you know, is, of course, you know, naivete. You make those decisions when you're a kid, like you make a decision to be you know, the, the second tenor sax in the Tower of Power horn section or the starting guard for the New York Knicks, starting shooting guard for the New York, and, and those things don't happen. Yeah. Um, um, and just like this may not have happened, but I, 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 was, I was convinced that, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is what I'm going to do, only because I guess I think that has to do with the fact that I didn't grow up in, a, in, a, you know, in, a, in, a, in any way a, a cultured, environment Mm -hmm. um and i you know didn't go to museums didn't had no idea about quote unquote fine art you know Mm -hmm. and uh and so the art i knew and was familiar with was this was the few things we had around the house my parents i think got a jules pfeiffer book as a Mm -hmm. gift one year and so there was this 
strange little paperback and a coffee uh, under a coffee table that nobody ever looked at that I kind of discovered and thought, oh, look, at these are drawings. Or I would see the New York Times uh, mm-hmm. that came on a weekend um, or the or the Star Ledger or these newspapers where they had cartoons and comics. And I would be read poems uh, occasionally from uh, from uh, Through the Looking Glass or mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland. And these things, these were black and white drawings mm-hmm. um, and they were surrounded by type. And they weren't on a wall. They weren't in a frame. They were they were there were things on a page. They were in a context of a book or a magazine. And I think when I it sounds like such a haughty phrase, the end game. But, yeah, I think I think maybe I uh, I thought then I had the temerity to think that this is what a guy who draws all the time grows up to do mm-hmm. is to do drawings in black and white like I'm doing now. Um, only they're always Spiro Agnew and uh, and and I uh, and and I you know and I and I wind up doing drawings for Stuart Little or something you right, know right. Do you remember your very first illustration job? And as a follow up to that, <sighs> did you know what you were doing? <laughs> Damn, that follow up is brutal. <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't remember my first job. I know that uh, in one other instance of. Uh, mystifying foresight and generosity. My father cobbled together enough money to get me to uh, what the closest thing to an art school that we could afford, mm-hmm. which was uh, Colorado Institute of Art in, uh, in Denver, Colorado, of all things. And, uh, and I grew up thinking I was going to go to RISD mm-hmm. or SBA or these things. I didn't even know what RISD stood for, but I, <laughs> but I, but I knew these, I knew these schools, right. Parsons, you would hear these things. It was like, you know, it was like the shining beacon uh, uh, on, on the hill, right. uh, the shiny mansion on the hill type of thing. You would go over into the city, over a couple of bridges, and then you'd go to art school. But we couldn't mm-hmm. afford that. And uh, we couldn't afford much, but we could afford a, a two-year Colorado Institute of Art school that I didn't, that I ran out of money with halfway through. So I mm-hmm. went there for, uh, for like three semesters. Um, and then I started, I guess I started doing, I, I was like 20 or something. I was living out there in uh, or 19 or something. And, uh, uh, I equate these things with whether I could drink legally. That's how that's how I go through my whole history. Just so yeah. whether I was able to, drink, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, but yeah, I think I got, must have got a job right around then. I don't remember what it was. I think it might have been for the Denver Post mm-hmm. or something or a local publication like that, and uh, maybe even the Independent Weekly there, which was then like all uh, weeklies were were at that point independent and weren't owned by some. Yeah. Overlord yep. company out of mm-hmm. Phoenix or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, and I got taken under the wing at that Colorado Institute of Art by another saintly man um, who kind of took me to his studio when I quit school. He said, you know, uh, I said I don't have any money, I gotta go. And he was a he was an instructor there and also a, a freelance illustrator in Denver, one of the uh, mm-hmm. few instructors that actually worked. And uh, he kind of took me for lack of a better word, kind of under his wing. He was starting a little studio. He had a rep, an artist rep that he was going to, you know, that he was, that he was going to start working with. And yeah. so I started doing things around Denver. And that first job was hardly anything glamorous, I'm sure, but it might've been uh, health. You know, it might've been storyboards. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, it wasn't anything great. Uh, and I would love to massage this history into something a little more glamorous, right? you know, but it, uh, but it was like odds and ends stuff. Like, Life doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah. It was just some odds and ends stuff. I think he, I think I remember doing a bunch of drawings, caricatures uh, of uh, of, a, of a semi-pro hockey team in Denver before it was the Avalanche, and it ran in a newspaper. And I think maybe that was it, but something like that. One of your first yeah. ones. Did you, um, stylistically speaking, was it 
similar to the stuff you're doing now? I mean, I granted that's 35, 40 years ago, but um, was it a route? Was it more or less what your stuff looks like now? Or was there more cross hatching, a little bit more, maybe a little bit more traditional? It, I, I've been through uh, a lot of changes. And like I think I mentioned, being insecure, I didn't have the conviction of, uh, of putting a pen down and saying, okay, this is now mine. This is how I draw. Right. I mean, I didn't stick with Mark Rucker for long, but I, but I went through a whole lot of other people. And as I, and uh, there was a, I didn't see it at the school, but there was the Denver public, uh, public library, the main one in town there had a, had a pretty good art section. And I would spend hours, evenings, uh, going through old illustration annuals and collections of prints and, mm-hmm. and etchings and various things and sort of educated myself that way. And also through this uh, partnership I had with that, with that Bill Caston character and uh, that I kind of went into partnership with. And so my style was, you know, um, very amorphously shaped and evolving all the time. I guess it still is, but, Mm. but no, it, it, well, it was, you know, it was always humorous and uh, kind of uh, pen and ink Mm -hmm. pen drawing stuff. So there, there was always that it's never gone it's never strayed from that. I never, I never threw down the pen and said, okay, I'm going to start painting in egg tempera. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In 1988, you said you had a major artistic crisis. Now there are listeners of this podcast who've had artistic crises. I mean, hell, (laughs) I I feel like I'm still in an artistic identity crisis that started in college and it, and it has not gone away. Oh shit. Uh, it, it, It just is. It just is. Um, yeah. You know, and I went to, yeah. I've, this was, what's well, college now? My God, 21 years ago. Uh, and I still, your, I feel and your pain. I, you know, yeah. I still feel like I, I, cause I just love so many dif- different directions. I just don't know what my own direction is. Um, anyway, that's, that's an entirely so different conversation. Um, yeah, however, interesting. I mean, I, I would, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to know now. Um, <laughs> no, 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 you know, no, no, I'm interviewing you. Tedious. It's all about me. Um, <laughs> you know, are you, did, is this, are you talking about drawing? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the, yeah. your own, right. Right. Yeah, drawing yeah. and painting, drawing and painting. You know what it is? Yeah. I think it's like, um, I don't know. I, 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 now I live in Pennsylvania. I live in, I live in like Wyeth country. And now all of a sudden I want to start oh drawing and painting like N.C. Wyeth and Howard Pyle. Like I want to draw and paint like that. Or I'll live, or yeah. I'll, you know, I'm in New York and I go to the Morgan Library and there's a bunch of John Stinger Sargent charcoal portraits. And I want to draw like that, you know? So anytime I'm, I see something that I love, I want to then emulate it or be that thing. And, uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever really. Why is that? Why is that so fragile like that? Why is it that, you know, that I hear that Biden's going to church in, in Brandywine County and I, uh, three days ago and I think, Oh, Brandywine. Yeah. Boy, if I could paint, I could, you know, yeah. that would be how, and maybe I should. Yeah. Why is that that we, that we just right. don't have the strength of our convictions? I don't, I don't know. And we're going to talk about that later. I have a question about that for okay. sure, but I, I okay. don't know. I don't, I mean, I'm with you. Um, what I'm self-confidence. Saying. I, know that, I know that John Singer Sargent thing would fuck me up. If I got in Morgan and saw those black and white portraits, oh I'd be God. with you. I'd be on the bus they were... upstate the whole time thinking I've got to change everything. Yeah. yeah. I got to change everything. Exactly. And it didn't help that I was an art <laughs> director for 20 years. So I would hire thousands oh of illustrators. And every time this new piece of art came in and it's a completely different style from somebody else, you know, I'd, I'd be working with like a David Wiesner or just like some new illustrator who just came out and who does like amazing pen and ink stuff, uh, like Rob Momarts and, um, oh, Hey Rob, if you're listening and, um, you know, <laughs> Hi, Rob. there'd just be these just amazing pieces of art. And, and I'm like, well, I'm not, 
I'm not going to draw. I'm not drawing and painting right now. I'm very, I'm very creatively fulfilled being an art director and hiring illustrators. So it doesn't bother me. But now that I'm not an art director and I want to like <laughs> focus a little bit more on my own personal stuff, I don't even know where I want to go with it. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's wild anyway. Yeah. It's hard to get your arms around that stuff. And, and it's, and you know, it's just so easy to be macro about all that stuff and yeah. say, well, I love all this stuff, but what about me? What are my skills? Right. And, 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 you know, and, and, uh, how do I, you know, how do I get myopic and focus just on what I'm good at and what I want to do right. when I admire all these other things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm good at telling other people to do that, but I, I suck it at, at yeah. following my own advice. Um, however, I did talk to Jim McMullen a couple episodes ago, and he said something that just really struck a wedge, if I may, um, <laughs> in, into this into this sort of imposter syndrome kind of thing. And that is, um, it's not all about you. Like, stop stop worrying about your uh, ego. Stop worrying about yourself. Stop worrying about like what this what is this going to look like. Just do the damn thing. So right. he 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 said it much more eloquently, obviously, than I did, but. Um, that it, when he said that, it's I felt like a I felt that lightning strike, uh, and so I'm gonna yeah. try to try to there's like there's a crack there now I can see the crack I'm gonna try and open that crack up a little wider. Back he's, to you he's, though. He's, I, yeah. I had a I had a talk with Jim about about uh, that once I met him at uh, at a uh, at Ed Sorrell's house. Um, they're very close friends, yes, they are. and uh, you know are, are still from that circle. They are still you know obviously yeah surviving friends, and uh, yeah. and that's. Uh, and uh, thank God. And mm-hmm. uh, and I, I was, I was very flustered being Jim McMullen. I've known Ed for a while, and he still is, you know, one of the most intimidating men on the planet. Um, <laughs> even though, you know, I've, I've spent oh, the night at his house. I'd and, love to and, talk and to that had, guy. You know, I mean, I've watched him. You know, we've done shopping for croissants in the morning, but it's still nice. You're shopping for croissants with Ed Sorrell, so it fucks <laughs> you up. Um, or with Ed, Jim McMullen, Ed fucking Sorrell, which I thought I think I saw with you Ed right fucking Sorrell. Yeah. yeah, no, it's just it's just it's uh, you know there was no sleep the night before because I was you know thinking yeah. about that. Like, yeah. oh, the morning I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go shopping for croissants with Ed fucking Sorrell. Sleep. <laughs> um, but yep. uh, but Jim and I talked a little bit and uh, and God, can I drop more names? I think uh, please I think, uh, keep going. I think uh, Ross Chats was there as well. Oh come and, on. And uh, yeah, yeah, and um, he is a guy that can cut through this stuff and, and come up with these little kernels of things that are very edifying yeah. and important to hear. You know, yeah. um, I wish I could spend more time listening to him sort of talk about drawing and, uh, and style and things like that, because, um, Oh God, I, I, there was a show where he had a bunch of rough paintings, uh, his, his preliminary paintings for, uh, for a kind of an autobiographical book he, he did about his, uh, uh, um, and, uh, yeah. and each one of these, rough thing i say rough so i mean you know preliminary color sketches doesn't even do them justice but what a what a masterful artist he is completely unbelievably um but you said that you drew your way out of your crisis though like how did you draw your way out of it um i uh i this was i was living in san francisco at the time and um and it it uh, the crisis manifested itself uh, by one of those moments where you're, uh, maybe your, your listeners can relate to this if they enter the Society of Illustrator things or any of those annual competitions or whatever, yeah. um, where you start looking through all the work you've done the previous year and you realize, oh my God, I, I suck, you know, or yeah. I don't like any of it, or, I, or it all looks like a bad imitation of this person or that person, or even worse, a bad imitation of several different people, or <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
Um, anyhow, um, and I was getting, uh, and I at, at that point, that's what I, that's what my work looked like. It was, yeah, I was doing a lot of corporate and advertising work, and it was relatively lucrative. And uh, and San Francisco was, you know, relatively affordable back then. And I had a studio down in the Battery, and I uh, near the Embarcadero, and uh, and uh, and I looked and I thought, oh my God, I have nothing to enter. Not only do I have nothing to enter this show that I feel is authentically me, mm-hmm. but I'm doing a campaign for Hewlett Packard, and it's and I'm imitating. Eugene Maiesco or some other Eastern, uh, you know, European uh, illustrator that I saw in a graphics annual or something. And I picked or I picked up a book who's been through like wars and mm-hmm. and has had tanks in his backyard and and has this worldview that's uh, that's, you know, it takes into account not only history, but art history and other things and, and, and personal history. Mm-hmm. And I'm this kid from suburban, suburban New Jersey doing this cross-hatchy little thing that looks like a bad imitation of Eugene Maiesco for Hewlett Packard, and I hate myself. So there's that. And, uh, and so I did draw myself out of it. I sat down and I had that talk that we just sort of alluded to, where you say, what is it you know, that you want to do? What is your skill set? What is your passion? What really is it? And it's just as hard as we talked about. It is hard to sort of take that, all those you know, amalgamations of influences and, and, and loves and um, you know, and, and admiration that you have for other people's work and say, no, no, me, me, what, yeah. what is it that I want to do? Right. And what I really wanted to do was do funnier little, funnier little, I don't know why I always emphasize small, but they always seem small to me, small um, little little pen and ink mm-hmm. drawings with watercolor, but there was a lightness to them and there was a personal aspect to them and they were, and they were, they would be, and, and, and you know, but if you do them right, there also is a, you know, a point of view and a little bit of yourself in them. That's what you're trying to get on paper. Um, and I said, I don't want to do these. I don't want to be looking through, you know, editorial art of the New York Times in the 1970s and doing bad imitations of that work. This was just my latest sort of crush, you know, on yeah. art crush. I've yeah. been through a bunch of them, but this was where I had kind of latched out on the advertising world as doing, doing this work because back then, like Ed Sorrell was doing and other stuff, you know, you were getting advertising work by doing this semi, you know, quote unquote, in my case, faux sophisticated illustration mm-hmm. uh, for, for banks in newspapers or for annual reports or for, you know, advertising agencies, campaigns for technical um, for up and coming, you know, uh, software and stuff. Right. Bec- uh, and it made you and it made the client look like, oh, this is sophisticated East Coast ponderous conceptual sort of work that looks mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do funny little pictures, you know, yeah. but it took weeks and months and months and months and it's still, you know, evolving of course, hopefully, right. but, but it looked a lot different than what I was doing. All of a sudden my portfolio was not this stuff. It was this, these other little characters and stuff. And it wasn't advertising wasn't interested really much in, in using that stuff. And so my rep very kindly, gently, Sort of showed me the door and said, you know, I, I can't sell this to to ad agencies, but mm. you know, and I started I started trying to get in, getting magazine work, editorial work on your own. That was how that happened without, without on my own. own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I. Uh, that, that, you know, I don't blame a rep for not you know uh, wanting to have twenty five percent of whatever I was making in magazines and stuff. And, right. And uh, you know, so yeah, it was very uh, self generated stuff. Yeah. I, I started yeah. promoting myself, you know, to magazines and. And uh, I, I've never been a kick up, you know, kick your heels and jump on the air type of a happy guy. But but I was I was 
more comfortable right. uh, getting up in the morning knowing that I was going to be drawing these kind of pictures, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S- since then, you've worked with clients large and small, uh, magazines around the world uh, over the past 30, 35 years, earning countless medals and praise and awards, not least of which is the Hamilton King Award. Um, while I was studying up on you, I kept saying to myself, I, I would look at the mm-hmm. pieces in your portfolio and I would say, oh, that piece, he did that one. That Oh, he did that one too. <laughs> I, I feel like I can just, I mean, I could just say to my listeners, like Anthony Weiner taking a picture of his crotch while scaling the Empire State Building. And I think people are, who are listening go, are thinking, oh, right, that one, you know. And there was a lot of those. There's a career right there. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's the peak. Uh, you know, you do a, you do a, you do a, David Remnick, I met him at a Christmas party, finally worked up a chance to go over and talk to him at a New Yorker Christmas party, and I reintroduced myself. He says, I know who you are. You're the guy that do the best dick uh, <laughs> joke we ever published. Yeah. And I thought, Jesus, I guess I guess that's a blurb. I'm not even sure. <laughs> I mean, put that on your website. Something to be, feel well, like, good about, yeah. With, like, a lot of your work, my initial reaction, after, like, staring at your line work, which I absolutely love, but my, my, my oh, reaction right. is, damn, he went there. So why do you go there? Like, why do you think you go there? I mean, so much of your work, you know, like I, I, I was reading. So recently I was reading about Egon Sheila, Sheila. And, um, yeah. uh, in the early part of his career, he was arrested for possessing pornographic images, which by the way, were his drawings and his paintings. And he was let go three weeks later, but the judge burned one of his drawings, one of Sheila's drawings, Sheila's drawings in front of him. And I, uh, I think the, you know, I think the perception that he was this like less than saint like person has dogged his legacy. Ha- have you ever found yourself? So I- I'm going to stick to why do you think? Why do you go there? And I think you know where there, what I'm referring to. When I say there, but um, have you ever found yourself in trouble by by going there? Um. I know that's a lot. I know I just dumped like three, three or four f- questions on you, but basically, yeah, like you know, a um, lot of your stuff is risque. I mean, it's you know, not very right. pretty people having sex, or you know, yeah, uh, Attorney General Barr wiping Donald Trump's ass and he's naked. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, you go there. So, yeah. why do you think? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, uh, uh, yeah, that is that is a lot to unpack, but but uh, but I but I you know, but that's that's a that's a good question, and I and I uh, and I at first I really appreciate you saying such kind things about my line and 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 those kind of things. It's uh, it's lovely to hear. Yeah, well, my, um, my my opinions are relevant, uh, man. You, I don't you don't have you don't need me to tell you anything about your lines. Come on. No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna probably call you back after this and ask you to tell me that shit again. I do need <laughs> it. Um, um, uh, but uh, but I. You know that 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 whole sort of period of uh, that we I uh, referred to, and it's I'll try to make this you know uh, chronologically um, uh, uh, suture it together in terms of of that last question and this stuff is that during that period where I was drawing you know um, uh, woodshedding and trying desperately to go through page after page of sketchbooks and say how do I really draw how do I want to draw how do I what do I want to what is it I want to draw what is right. the, what is my point of view what is it um, just to alleviate boredom out of that stuff, uh, like a lot of illustrators or cartoonists, I, I would assume, and I know friends of mine um, um, are this way uh, or used to be. Uh, they probably grew out of it. Maybe I didn't. 
Um, uh, I, they, they, the drawings started getting, you know, dirtier or yeah. risque, as you would you would say. I would say, well, you know, just for the fuck of it, I'm going to be practicing how to draw. Here are these sketchbooks. I've always felt better about drawing in sketchbooks, um, uh, not just uh, just because there's a con- there's a contained sort of a border on those things. And so I picked uh, I would buy a you know a pretty nice sketchbook with a hard cover or something and yeah. i would work out these things in there and they became pictures and these pictures sometimes had elements of sex or other things that plagued me like uh like self-loathing or uh, or insecurity or uh, or a damp um sort of you know melancholy hand of lust around my neck type of a deal right. that uh, the world that i live in in other words just where the fuck i live right now where i'm talking to you. and uh, and um and they accumulated, and I started showing them to a few friends and things. In addition to doing, you know, caricatures for Entertainment Weekly or something, I was also doing these things with, as uh, my uh, painter friend Dan Adele once said, endless drawings of middle-aged men with pencils in their ass, um, which is a really flattering way that he compiled my entire career into one fucking image. Um, by doing all that stuff, and then having them published in a series of books, and having uh, the illustrator Steve Gornasha see them and then recommend those things to a publisher and right. which and and i never wanted to publish them i thought they should be published um it was a little bit liberating and uh and at the same time i was i i finally came around to realizing that this wasn't all just random subject matter for practice but that it was something that you know i was interested in these things right. i was interested in in how people struggle with monogamy and lust mm-hmm. and and depression and uh mm-hmm. and uh, how they get old and how the horrible aging of bodies and and mm-hmm. you know and uh, and how it's inevitable and how um our sexual currency is predicated on how we look or is it not and how and uh, and also yeah there's a there's a there's a writer named jeff dyer and he said that uh, you know everybody has sex everybody mm-hmm. everybody thinks about sex sex is the secret we all share and I think by that he meant that, you know, it's one of those things we're all doing, but nobody talks about it, right. um, except for me, in public, on this fucking podcast, apparently. And, uh, and um, you know, and I, and, I, and I kind of associate that. Um, and not that everything is sexual, and not everything no, in my books yeah, or right, in my right, life right. or anything like that, but, right. but that it was something that, uh, it's not, you know... It's not unfamiliar that I, that subject matter. I enjoyed matter. exploring. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and it, was, and it was not... And it was something I... If not enjoyed, I felt it was worth, you know, exploring. And I also, you know, hope that, you know, I, I want to, I, what the caveat is that none of this stuff I claim to have any great, that has any great, you know, intellectual or philosophical insight or is making grand statements about the state of man or the state of desire or anything mm-hmm. else. But it's just what I drew. And, uh, and I hope that, uh, you know, and I and and uh, and I still do it uh, occasionally. I still mm-hmm. I still go there mm-hmm. just because um, you know a combination of elements. I also kind of was a repressed kid, and I had some childhood trauma that you know that we don't want to go into. But it was um, that it was in, that it had under this kind of a rubric of, of this sort of subject, and uh, and um, and you know these are things that eventually come out if you're drawing enough. And you're like me, where you're drawing all the time, and regardless of whether it's for an assignment or not, uh, this stuff eventually manifests itself on a page. I guess. Right, right. You know what it is? I, I don't. I. It's like society completely accepts these like completely over-sexualized, airbrushed images on magazines. <laughs> you know, totally normal to show 
almost a naked woman, um, you know, on the on a magazine, uh, on the cover of a major magazine that shows up on like uh, supermarket shelves, you know, while kids are waiting right. with their parents to buy Snickers bars and cereal and stuff. Totally normal. And sure. uh, but to show like the reality of it, to show sort of the antithesis or the like antidote to that to that just purely phony, overly sexualized stuff. Uh, I I I happen to think there's more importance to your kind of work than you think you think there is because it's good to see i mean that's just the reality of it i mean that's just you know and people who might who visit your website who who you know get all uh get their you know get a little bothered by it all or whatever you know what then don't then be bothered by the other stuff too you know I, you know, and I don't even know what's, I haven't seen my website in so long. I, I it's mostly Instagram stuff and, and, uh, and, um, and that's, and it's almost like a, you know, like a several times a week, I'll post a drawing there and, and, you know, and yes, they have an option and they can, you know, they can follow, I guess, or not yeah, follow I mean, and they can judge and people do. When you asked if there was any, I think you didn't use the word ramifications, but is it, but, uh, you said, uh, has it, has it hurt you or yeah, something or has, it, in trouble has it, it been a, yeah, yeah, it got in trouble. Um, I've lost a few friends, I think, um, people that no longer speak to me. A lot of them are, you know, uh, are, 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 for lack of a better word, more, you know, fundamentally religious. Um, mm. I, I know that I have lost uh, some, uh, some friends, if not lost them, I, I'm no longer in communication with them. They don't mm-hmm. return emails. So that's, that's the, that's the, in our, in our current like... situation, you, you, you judge your friendship by whether you're getting, you know, whether whether somebody's, insta, insta, you know, direct messaging you yeah. back or, or something. Or liking your you Instagram just, post. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I guess but, so, right. But you even yeah, said in like a, it, that. one of your posts, you even said something like, here's this image. Uh, I apologize if I'm offend, if I offend. Like you, you, you're yeah. aware of it. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. And, you know, my, my, my I had a couple of uh, books published of the sketchbook stuff that my when my parents were alive, you know, that they never saw. And uh, I've never really talked about it with, uh, with, uh, certain people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet, and, and I'm always, it's, you know, there are dinner parties when, when, when I'm aware that there might be somebody new who's, uh, who's, uh, there used to be dinner parties. Remember dinner parties? Weren't they great? <laughs> Remember those things? Um, uh, soon uh, enough, soon yeah, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Hopefully. Um, 2023. uh, Yeah. And I know that, you know, and I was very aware that certain people were uncomfortable or whatever. And then, and then you get surprised. Some of the other people are, you know, are, are that kind of stuff and they can be different generations too. I mean, you know, a friend's father or or mother would say, I saw your work and it's so naughty and I'm glad somebody talked about it. And I'm not necessarily, you know, soliciting fans here or sympathy or or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying that uh, I get it, but I'm now, God, this is, you know what it's come to i'm I'm just too fucking old to care yeah, anymore. I was just i'm just say, putting that yeah. stuff out there you know and it's like and it's like what it's, it's, you're, you're getting I, too I'm old no for longer, that shit. i'm no longer that guy yeah 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 i am i am I'm, I'm a i'm a terrifically insecure guy and i'm sensitive and overly and 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 i've got all kinds of social anxiety but when it comes to that stuff it's like you know what um it, it is what it is uh yep. you know so this yep. is just this is what i draw in between jobs and you know and nobody's nobody's obligated to like it or whatever yeah, um, I I, uh, I, have a, I have a moving on question, but before we move on, 
<laughs> I was talking to you know I was talking to Barry Blit as well on the podcast a few episodes ago, and he, yeah, he had did yeah. he you know he had done that cover that everyone um, either really loved or really trashed, where the Obamas are fist bumping and they're terrorists. Sure, and the fist bump cover. Yeah, I can't remember the title of the of the piece, but it's irrelevant. Um, anyway, you know he did that piece, and that was fully clothed human beings, Barack and Michelle Obama, um, uh, fist bumping in the White House, and. Uh, people lost their shit and, you know, Barry Blit didn't eat for three days. He lost jobs. You know, he was getting he Twitter. Took yeah. He took it, you know, he was getting Twitter, uh, Twitter hate and whatnot. Um, the mob. He was changing his email address. I think he went through three different email addresses during that period or something. Jesus. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, that's... he was in a bunker. He was in a bunker. I talked to him, you know, we're, we're, we're close friends and, uh, and, uh, yeah. Well, what, what, well, I'm sorry. What did you mean to ask? Well, I mean, first of all, that's bullshit. If you ask oh, me, yeah. the whole, the whole, like, oh, I'm outraged by this. Let me see if I can permanently traumatize this human being who I've never met. And I'm completely in the wrong in, in the situation, but that doesn't matter. I'm going to join the horde and see if I can permanently inflict right. uh, as much trauma on this human being as humanly possible. And then, you know, five minutes later, post a fucking puppy gif. And then five minutes after that, <laughs> post a, post a, Oh gosh, I can't, I can't, uh, deal with whatever I'm dealing with today. Can someone please send me images of ice cream? You know, it's like, wait a right. minute, didn't you or just, virtual, virtual, I'm asking for virtual hug. <laughs> um, you don't want to hear me speak about this stuff privately anyway. Um, but you know, he gets trashed for three days, but you know what? Then John Stewart comes out and says, can everyone chill the fuck out? And people did very blood goes on with his life. That's that, yeah. that's that piece. You know, your your pieces are obviously a bit more, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for, uh, elicit responses from the Twitter people. Yeah. You know, have you, have you, ever, have you ever had that kind of experience? Yeah. Uh, you know, Barry, first off, that, that image, that fist bump image um, is, is one of the most, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's one of the high points of visual satire of, of, of uh, uh, that has been published mm-hmm. yeah. and, and, uh, and, 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 and I emphasize the word satire because the people that were complaining were, I think, twofold. They were the people that didn't either get it right. or the people that thought that it might undermine um, the, their, the Michelle uh, and, and, and Obama's, um, uh, Barack's, uh, I'm going to call them by their first names, Michelle and Barack. Because, yeah, well, you yeah. know, they were just over here yesterday. We're buddies. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, um, you know, that, that we're going to undermine their credibility or something. Right. In other words, it was all about whether if you didn't get that, then, you know, then, then you're not, you're not somebody that you're, that you, that's going to be subscribing to the New Yorker or anything else or, right. or, or voting against, uh, you know, the, the cause or whatever. But, yep. uh, but Barry, um, you know, I, I think I told you that Rendit talked about my, my, my drawing of being, uh, of, of what's his face, um, you know, being a dick joke, uh, mm-hmm. the best dick joke that New Yorker. Um, uh, what, was, what was his nickname? I don't, what was Wiener's I, nickname? Something. Uh, and, yeah. It doesn't was matter. It? I mean, you know, he is, his name is a nickname. That's I know. The thing. It's crazy. Um, uh, but, uh, and I don't want to equate myself with Barry, who was, you know, I'm, I'm John Mellencamp to Barry's Bruce Springsteen. But, uh, but, uh, but when it comes to Remnick's response to this stuff, I remember Remnick, uh, Barry telling me that Remnick called him and said, Barry, Get outside, take a walk. Yep. It's just a cartoon. Yep. That's the kind of stuff you need to hear. That kind of perspective, because we're all in our little bunkers here, right. um, drawing alone. Um, even during non-quarantine times, we're all in our head. We're all concerned about the impact, and 
of yeah. these things. And then you, I don't know if Barry's inured in, in to it by now after a hundred plus New Yorker covers, right. but at the time, you know, that was, that was, that was a big deal. And, um, and it should have been, and it was brilliant. Yeah, um, I, was. I get, yes, I get people, you know, I get people writing me privately and, uh, and I get, um, you know, people disapproving. Um, and, but this, this is, you know, I, I'm not, like I said before, I'm, I'm not necessarily a, a very thick skinned guy when it comes to almost everything in my life, except for I'm going to draw what I'm going to draw. Most, right. a lot of my colleagues now don't spend their downtime drawing pictures. They, they are, you know, God bless them. They've got much more fulfilling life. They've got bigger things going on. They are gardening or they're playing in a, they're playing in a band mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of them are great musicians as well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Barry and Joe, Joe who are yeah. both brilliant musicians. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's very difficult being friends with both those guys. You know, you know, I, I want to tell them, just pick a fucking team, either draw or play your fucking drums. You know, don't, yeah. don't be good at both these things, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I'm still that guy that yeah. is still, you know, finishing a job and searching around uh, to, to get into a sketchbook. Um, and uh, as, a, as a, to draw something as a palate cleanser for, for taking a whole lot of art direction from a well-meaning 27-year-old who's taking her art direction from an editor who's mm-hmm. taking his art direction from the editor-in-chief, and they both think that this woman looks too old and isn't dressed well enough, and I've got to change something about her mouth and her hairdo or something. And, right. you know, by the time that stuff's done, I want to get back in my sketchbook and draw what I want to draw. Right. And I want to draw what I want to draw. It's not, it's okay. You know, I'm yeah, not going to be is. Egon Schiele. I'm, no one's going to, no one's going to sort of publish a book of my work and call me some, you know, some, uh, some immortal genius of, 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 uh, that, that had a, uh, you know, that had a penetrating look into the, uh, into the sexual um, uh, practices and, uh, and and thoughts of, of his generation and that he, uh, you know, and that this work is going to be, you know, so it should be mm. hanging on a wall okay. or whatever. I don't want to make a well-hung joke, but, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the uh, but, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just, I, I get it. And it's okay. You know, somebody recently said, if you don't get a response from this stuff, then, then maybe it's, you know, not even worth drawing so i'm not out there looking looking to outrage but at least you know i want somebody to be a little pissed off and say you know uh, that if i'm doing a drawing of of uh of you know i did a variation on that bar trump thing where i talk about you know uh, uh, ringing out a theme to to exhaustion i think i did a drawing of trump of bar reaching around and um and helping uh trump piss on Mm -hmm. the constitution Mm -hmm. and uh and lending a helping hand or having his back or whatever the bad yeah. pun was that I, and, um, you know, and, and sure, not everyone's going to like that. I mean, yeah. I get a lot of people, but you know, but most of it, Giuseppe is stupid, stupid direct messages saying mag at two twenty. you know, that's, uh, what, what is that going to do? That's, that doesn't keep me up. Oh, you know? that's well, I, I'm convinced. Oh, okay. Maga two twenty. Oh, all right. Never mind. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, before <laughs> I do want to move on to something a little more serious, believe it or not. Um, not that we haven't, uh, touch on some serious stuff but I, you you said that no one's ever going to say anything uh like you know you have insight into into the into the human experience I, I think this take a proves you wrong and b pretty much sums up your work and i quote john cuneo Uh-oh. looks with gentle open all-seeing eyes at the foibles vanities and failings of humanity and draws what he sees. Like the best surrealists, he is a realist. His art is scabrous, great word, and loving and exact. That was said 
by someone named Neil Gaiman. Is, uh, who is that? Is Neil some sort of a right? I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, come on. <laughs> that was very nice. Yeah. That's true. That nice. So, and that's one quote of many that I found. You know, uh, uh, Francoise Mouly said that you were a genius. You know, you were a great artist. So, you know, come on. Yeah. But. We're going to have to sort of like, yeah. This is the people right now are tuning this out and going back to Anita Kunz's interview and saying, Jesus, I want to hear what Anita Kunz says about, uh, you know, about, about art. Not well, we, hear about, you know, people well, sort of like, how about this? Hot air about John Cunio, but yeah, go ahead. All right. After 70 plus uh, episodes, I've been, I've been pretty decent with segues, but I think this might be the best one. When I spoke with Anita, okay. she and I talked about depression, which is absolutely the next thing I want to talk about with you. So ah. you've mentioned throughout this conversation several times, anxiety, depression, self-loathing, um, lack of self-worth, like just on and on. I mean, that seems to be obviously a, a, um, an obvious uh, theme. In an interview... A few years back, you said that the last time you felt good about your drawings was when you were a teenager coming home, like your dad was driving you home, from Miss Johnson's art lessons. You told me you didn't think your art had the same value as my other guests. Illustrators tend to not see value in their work, generally speaking. I mean, that's a pretty common uh, personality trait among illustrators. But it seems like you really don't. Uh, yeah. and I, I'm going to preface this by saying I, I live with clinical depression. I've been clinically depressed for three years and in, and at the worst of times it, uh, I, I feel like my, my life will not continue for the next 24, like in the next 24 hours, I won't be around. That's the worst of times and the best of times it's gone. It, it doesn't, it's, it's non-existent and went out shopping in the middlest of times, which is most of the time, it's this tiny, tiny, tiny little like bzzz in the back of my head, almost like, always there. almost like tapping right. my shoulder. Like I, I'm still here. I'm back here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And it all right. came from, for me, it all came from a very traumatic, very acute traumatic experience. Um, and it's there, it's always there. And, uh, so I do everything I can to kick it in the balls, uh, working out, you know, taking care of myself, you know, being, being are aware. You any, are you on meds? No. Are you doing any meds? No. Are you doing any psycho psychoanalysis or anything? Therapy? I had therapy for a few months during the, mm. during the heaviest times. Yeah. And yeah. I had two therapists yeah. that got me out of a spiral that probably would have ended not well. So I'm going to say all great. of that to say I mean, I, I, let's, let's talk about that. I mean, let's talk a little bit about this, this self-loathing, this self, um, this lack of self-worth because you're John Cuneo for God's sake. And I think listeners would feel a bit better to know that it's, it's like, it's okay to not, it's okay to feel, uh, you know, not great about one yourself, not great about your work. I mean, it's okay. It's not all it's not all uh, glamour, glitz and glamour and, and happiness. It's, it's hard. And even the greats yeah. struggle with their, with the, how they see their work and with how they, how their, their brains are convincing them of things that aren't true. 
Yeah, well, it's very brave of you to uh, to admit what's uh, you know what you've been going through, and I and I feel terrible for you. It's hard to have that fucking buzz all the time and know that even you know when things are when things are are, are down to uh, up to ten that you're really not going to be able to function. Um, it's any like better it's like nine point nine seven constant. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and, never gotta, and but even even at the best of, of, of times, you've got this three point five going on in the back of your head. Um, I think you're you're talking about the sense of self worth right. and and depression. I'm not sure if they're the same thing. I I am very tied to my to my drawing and probably in an, to an unhealthy degree. You know, um, uh, so when I when I do go through work, say for uh, a year's worth of work, if I'm going through a, a flat file or a sketchbook and saying what have I done, you know, if I'm anything for a for a forthcoming book that's working, I'm working on or whatever, and it's it's almost debilitating. I I I, I want to I curl. I literally have times just gone into a fetal position here in the studio because I've looked through a pile of sketchbooks and said, my God, there's a there's 120 drawings here, and I don't, and not one of them is is, is something I really would want to have republished in a book or a collection yeah. or whatever, or, uh, and, you know, and Neil, um, Neil Gaiman, who's, who's a, who's just a, a, a great guy and a, and a, and a friend of mine. Um, it sounds ridiculous to even say that out loud, but, uh, but we've become friends and, uh, and, you know, he wanders over here occasionally and we, uh, we sit in the, we sit in the, on our, my kitchen table and, and, uh, I make tea that he probably tolerates because there's nothing close to the kind of tea that he would like. And, right. uh, and we talk about shit and he's not, you know, he, he's, uh, He's he's maybe doesn't isn't as vocal about it as I am, but he's haunted by the same sort of uh, things in terms of his work. But I don't think he's a I don't think he's a he's a depressed guy. I don't think he has that clinical depression, that kind of stuff that you and I carry around. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I remember I remember David Levine saying something uh, about uh, they were asking him. Um, uh, somebody asked him in an interview what he thought about his 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 what he thought about when when he thinks about his work. And he said something that I can't get out of my head. He said, I don't know why I'm not a better painter. And, you know, David Levine is the most celebrated caricaturist, uh, American caricaturist, I guess, of, of, of the last, what, century? I don't know, 50 years or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, and at the same time, David Levine's first thought when he thinks about his work is why he's not a better watercolor painter, which is what he, you know, which was his, his real love. Mm-hmm. And that just boggled my mind. And maybe that's a... Maybe I, I say that just to just to point out that, you know, I think I've heard you talk about, you know, illustrators that are happy with their work. And, and, uh, and I, I know some uh, maybe you don't, but I do know some and they are as mysterious to me as 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 an alien. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I uh, and I look at them as as creatures that I don't quite understand, but I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly curious about them. Depression is is. Uh, I got to be very careful because I don't want to be the guy that, you know, says depression is this or that. Right. I'm going to say it if it, uh, because I don't have that kind of, I'm not that deep. I'm, I'm a guy still drawing middle-aged men with pencils on their asses. And, and, uh, and so, but I, uh, and, I'm, and I'm a guy who uh, records podcasts did. in his closet. So it's, you know, yeah, <laughs> no. but, uh, <sighs> but, um, but, but I do, but it's something I live with, and and it's just it is it's it's gotten kind of worse as I've gotten older, and there have been times when it's gotten uh, pretty bad, and mm-hmm. and frankly, you know, a little bloody, and there have been other times when it's uh, when it is uh, like you, when I I, I I've always functioned. I'm uh, right. I, I'm 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 an alcoholic that's always met his deadlines, and I've been sober for a few years now, and that's helped a little bit. Nice. But I'm. Uh, 
but I'm also a depressive that has also, you know, met his deadlines. And, and uh, you know, what's dangerous, uh, and I'm going to, this is, this is, I don't want to obfuscate this or, 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 or try to try to dance around it, but, uh, but, you know, there is that, that bullshit about w- whether depression or, or a certain kind of, of melancholy, um, uh, feeds your work, you know, uh, mm. like, like, like Wilkie said, um, you know, if my devils are to leave me, you know, I'm afraid my angels will take flight as well. Um, you know, that, that kind of bullshit is dangerous for, for people in creative fields. I yep. think, yep. um, I remember Tom, Tom Waits, uh, talking about uh, being afraid to give up drinking because, you know, he thought, God, what do I have if I'm not, you know, this, this uh, alcoholic in the funny hat who talks about bars and things. Right. And, uh, he said, you know, uh, he said, what if I'm only what if I'm only that guy in, in the funny hat? Once I once I take off that hat, who am I type of a deal? Um, yeah, it's uh, it is just I, I take meds. I've been in therapy. Not enough. I, I'm thinking of going back just recently. In fact, um, uh, mine was not triggered by something I don't think specific or recent. It's been a, it's been kind of a lifelong thing. I was a melancholy kid. I was kind of solitary. Mm-hmm. I've had just enough friends. I've always talked a lot. I've been, I've been socially, you know, uh, I, I'm not some, I wasn't some loner that uh, I, I, I functioned well socially. I played a lot of basketball and I, and uh, even though drawing is a solitary act and it's how I spent most of my life in the last several decades in a room doing that. Um, I don't think I'm entirely, you know, um, uh, crippled, but by, by, by this stuff, but at the same time, um, I, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's crept up on me and now it is just, you know, it's, it's just hunkered down and, and, and lives there. And it's always going to be, like you said, it's always going to be around. Um, and, uh, and I, and I it, it spend an, an exhausting amount of time trying to fend it off. And mm-hmm. I found certain things that are coping skills. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, medically, approved some of them you know um some of them uh, obviously just uh just flailing attempts to uh to uh you know to to uh, in terms of just distraction i mean part of drawing i think is because i feel like i control my little environment there and right. it's uh and it keeps me from you know but it's a whole you know said you know e. smith uh is a poem about not not waving uh but drowning uh, i'm i'm uh, I'm, I'm doing, you know, one of those always. And I think a lot of us are, but I think depression is just a more extreme case of that. Right. And I don't want to make light of this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that like not liking a doodle in a sketchbook is the same as being depressed. It's a a spectrum. There's a spectrum of, of this, this, of mindset among illustrators where sure there are illustrators who love everything they do and good for them. The other (laughs) 99.99% There's some element of anxiety, depression, uh, lack of self-worth, like all of that. And wherever you are on that spectrum, you are. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. think everybody's – yeah, go ahead. I, I, what, what are you going to say about you? No, no, no. It's all about you, man. Come on. No. What are you um, say? Well, I, you know, I think some people live with their drawings. Uh, they sit with their, with their lesser work better than others. Um, and I think that's, you know, they're healthier in that regard. I think there is, uh, something about a a certain kinds of depression that, 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 um, that, um, uh, is, is born of, of living and dying by, by, uh, by what, by what you produce. Um, 
um, and you don't take into account. You don't. It's just a, it's a it's a myopic way of looking at the world. You don't you uh, you know a bigger view. Um, you know, I mean, I I should be out and enjoying the what's left of the fall colors here and stuff instead right. of. Uh, look, you know, about to hang up with you and say, Jesus Christ, that went terribly. Where's a fucking sketchbook? Oh, come on um, now. Uh, uh, but you know, that, and, and there's, a, and, um, and there's also people, um, that, uh, uh, so coping people have different ways of coping and some of them don't, don't have those extremes either. Right. Um, you know, right. like we're right. talking about tens to, to ones. There are right. people that somehow, um, uh, and they've got other things going on. They, you know, I think Barry does a drawing. I've talked to him about uh, a lot about drawing and with Joe. Uh, by the way, um, the, feeling bad about your work um, is uh, is something. If, if let me just talk to you know your your, your listeners, uh, your students and stuff. Maybe you're all better off not making friends with people like Barry Blitz and Joe <laughs> Chardello, because you know it's just those standards are are not the kind of thing. First off, it's tough on a friendship, and, and it's also right. very tough on an ego. I mean, when you visit Joe Chardello and open up one of his flat files and see these things that were, you know, or you look at, or the same with Barry, or you go to one of these guys' sketchbooks and you mm-hmm. realize, oh, my God, I am, a, I am, you know, I, I don't even belong in this fucking room. Um, and uh, and, and uh, so you, you might want to cultivate friends that are, you know, of, of a lesser yeah, artistic don't caliber. Yeah, is, is what I'm gonna say. yeah, or don't draw. Yeah. yeah, don't make friends with people who are better than no. you. That's not a good idea for depressants. Um, you know, um, that's, that's, that is completely yeah. contrary to my father's advice when I was a kid. Uh, always surround yourself. <laughs> what with did he say? He, I mean, I knew what he was getting at, but it, the way his wording was always like a little like, come on, dude. Um, always surround yourself with people better than you. And I think uh-huh. I, I think I know what he was getting at, like people who are smarter and people who know more, you know, who who can open you up to other things and such. I, I think that's what he was trying to say. But it was always at dinner at the dinner table. You know, you got your friends always, you know, every friend you make always has to be better than you. Wow. It's like, aren't your yeah, kids? That's not a great thing for yeah. people with insecurity. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, my, yeah. I mean, let's I want to move on. I do want to move on. Um, I. Yeah. So, like, I don't think my, I said anything insightful about that. You I'm sorry. definitely I, I have. Really, get out of town. I, but whatever. You know, I, I tend to ramble. Here's the Go thing. Ahead. And this is purely just me. I'm not diagnosing anybody. But what helps me is I get really, like, when it's when it starts coming up, I get really, like, angry at it. Like, fuck you. You're, nah. not, you're not coming for me. I, I worked way too hard for far too long to get you out of my head. You're not coming back. So for me, it's like yoga, running, biking, gardening, talking to illustrators, being with my family, like positive, positive. Like oh. my, my wife, the, the, to boil it all down for me, for me only, is, is what my wife said to me when during like the darkest, darkest month of this whole thing, just put good out into the world. That's all you can do. Oh, that's, that's a great thing to say. That's, that's a- it. I, I, you know, that's it. and, 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 and it's also good that you, you recognize it. Um, do you get recognized it right off the bat or does it creep up on you? Cause if you can, Creeps get, up if on you me. Can, maybe if you can, yeah, shit, it's too bad. You just can't say, okay, this it's, uh, you know, it's like a bee sting or something. You say, okay, this happened. Now I've got to treat it. But right. it, sometimes it, you know, it's like a tumor. If it's getting, if it's growing and then you all of a sudden wake up one morning and say, holy shit, this thing is a lump. Um, and then yeah. I've got to address it. That's, uh, that's, that's tougher. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a final you thing I do. recognize it earlier. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's been a few years, so I'm, I'm getting very familiar with the relationship. Let's just put it that way. Right, right. Well, that's great advice from your wife. I, mean, oh, I, I should write that down. Yeah, just yeah. put good out into the world and f- literally fuck everything else. Like, I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was the conversation. I think I think that last part was my add to her advice. Um, that, yeah, it doesn't sound like your wife. No, 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 it doesn't. I don't know her, but it, but it sounds like that's not the same person that would say no. literally fuck everything else. But, yeah, uh, but it's a good amend. It's a good amendment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mine. So I, I the reason <laughs> I bring all of this up is I just want to. The more we talk about it, the more we talk about it. You know what I mean? So if you and I are sitting here yes. talking about it, then it's not this secret we all share you know like sex it's this right it's this thing that's out front and we're all talking about it and it can go to hell and we can all work together to 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 figure things out about it yeah yeah, yeah. you know there's a there's a there's a quote by uh uh uh, 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 uh a psychiatrist who um uh his name is irving alone alone um and uh and uh and he uh you know, talking about things that have happened to us and, and dwelling on that. And this is not what we're talking about, but we're talking about things that trigger us in the present. But a lot of this stuff comes from what's happened to us or, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 uh, and how not everybody handles it the same way. Some people just um, alchemize that stuff better than, than the rest of us. Yeah. But he said that sooner, he, he said that sooner or later, you have to give up the hope for a better past. And, and oh, I uh, God, and I great. think about that a lot, you know, and yep. uh, and 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 you know, and sometimes I, I want to slap myself and say, okay, because there is a, you know, there is a sense of uh, of, of there there is something to be said uh, that this uh, my obsession with myself and my own my own sort of uh, self loathing and and uh, and depression and uh, and anxieties and all these things that it's a fine line that can veer off into a into a kind of, uh, uh, self-obsession, you know, and, and, uh, sure. and, 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 uh, and I don't want to be that guy either. Of course that depresses me too. When I think that I'm thinking too much about myself cause I'm depressed. And then I think, well, that's shit that now that's you're depressing. just becoming self-absorbed. Yeah. And, right. uh, so, you know, it's for, for some of us, um, there is no out for that stuff. It's a terrible circle, but, but it is something to remember to me at least is yeah. that, you know, we have to, we have to give up hoping for a better past. Yeah, that's great. One thing I talk about, um, like when I have these conversations and so much of the conversations I have with illustrators, so like a large percentage of it is usually a little bit of therapy. It's a little bit of like, before we get into like how you're drawing and painting, let's, they'll say something like, Oh, I don't like this. And Oh, I don't like this. And Oh, this sucks. And Oh, I feel badly. I'm like, Whoa, 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 whoa. what are you, what are you talking about? What, why? And, and right now my advice generally is, this is always evolving, of course, but I think that if we just yeah. kind of break it into smaller and smaller bits, especially when we're ca- talking about our work with anything, it could be a drawing, it could be podcast, it could be whatever. Um, just identify parts of it that you like. Just go well, maybe this isn't a Joe Chardello, but damn, do I like this? And <laughs> this is a good thing, and yeah. I like this line, and look at that color, and so maybe it's you know what I mean, like just kind of break it down into parts and like the parts. And maybe yeah, yeah. I, I think you know. of it as, as a passages. I think of a passage of a drawing that I can live with, and uh, and I do that sometimes. And I think you're right. Is that I look at a drawing and I say, well, this this doesn't hold together. Like I'm looking at a at Egon Chile drawing uh, on a postcard on my wall right now, and I'll say, well, you know, I mean, uh, I don't think that he ever got to any part of this and said, well, you know, um, the way that uh, th- 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 this is this is not working, but but um, but this part is. But but I I think of passages and when people 
not to make this all about me, um, but uh, but uh, but uh, don't say anything. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I when when people uh, when you know when people ask about well, you got to be happy with this drawing, and I can point. I can say, well, you know, I am I'm okay actually right. with the way these pants sit on the top of those shoes or the tilt of that head or that expression. I mm-hmm. wish I had made those shoulders broader and I wish I had worked with the empty space here or made a better silhouette. But, but yeah, there's a passage there that I yep. can live with. Yeah. You know, and I remember Barry telling me about that fist bump drawing. I said, but that's also on top of everything else. It's a great drawing. And there was a pause and Barry said, I've done worse. That was, oh. <laughs> that was all he could give me. Yeah. Yep. Um, by the way, I do want to recognize that talking about <laughs> this is not easy. And I, I just I want to thank you for for being as open and being as as um, honest about it as you are. I just want to acknowledge that because oh, it's sure. you know. Oh well, I'm flattered you asked. And it's, I and it's I, not like, and hey, I, buddy, let's talk about depression now. You know. You know, it's uh, just that it's easier to draw about it than it is to talk about it. But um, but uh, you know, you do these. I'm doing this kind of stuff in, in case somebody's listening. It's not like it's some great noble. Um, altruistic effort, but I'm, uh, I'm certainly not doing this for my own edification. Yeah. I'm hoping that somebody listens and picks up something about drawing or about insecurity or about yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Know? And I, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and disagree with you for just for one little thing. Um, you said it was brave to share, to share, uh, yes. you know, I, I, I don't, it was for you. I don't think it, I don't think bravery is the right <laughs> word there because I, if, if it's brave, it's like saying to someone who's overweight, Oh, it's so brave that you're talking about your how overweight you are no it's not it's 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 just it's just normal it's like it, let's not have it be this brave act because i think people don't it's it implies that it's really difficult to talk about you have to be brave in order to talk about it no you just have to talk about it yeah. there is no hurdle of bravery you know um although i will accept yeah. i'll accept yeah. the compliment Maybe, of course yeah. But, yeah well yeah anyway. it should um just because not everybody can uh, not everybody can do that so I'm just, because I'm just you know what it is saying that it's not it's not a universal thing. Not, not everybody sort of like, you know, pipes up and says, OK, now let's talk about, you know, the fact that I've got clinical depression and you do, too. Type of yeah. thing. That's well, not something everybody wants to volunteer. Yeah, that was a lot. Um, you mentioned sketchbooks a couple of times. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm spending um, more more time here than I, I should be spending. Uh, of your time, and I appreciate that. You, you did talk about sure. sketchbooks, and, and just briefly, briefly, yeah. uh, you had this great quote about about a sketchbook, and this kind of ties in. You said that sketchbooks are these like are like post-it notes on a computer that say "breathe, be in the moment, enjoy the process," and that to you is what the sketchbook is. It's this. It's this sort of like it's that vehicle through which you breathe, through which you stay in the moment, through which you enjoy the process. So I just wanted to point that out because I think that was a great quote. And I didn't, oh, I've never seen anything thanks. like that about anyone speaking about sketchbooks in that way. So. That sounds um, like something um, that I wish I'd said. I, I hope I did. Thank you. Uh, you did. <laughs> I do good research. Um, yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. I'm not it's a little unnerving. I'm not 100% right all the time, but there you go. <laughs> Anyways, um, so let's remember that there are illustrators listening in on this and uh, do you think there's? Do you think they're still listening? Do you think they really are still? Listening? Hell yeah, they're listening. Um, okay. Not All to right. be not to be a little too uh, braggadocious there, but um, <laughs> you know they are listening, and I don't want you to hang up on me and go and and think to yourself, uh, well that didn't that didn't go well because this has been a fantastic conversation. I'm not just saying that. Um, no, oh good. For a lot of reasons. One is you're John Cunio for God's sake, and the other one is this is this is this is something that um, I'm glad that. 
I'm glad I, I have I feel, you know, depression and you and John Cunio does, too. So it makes me feel better to know that I'm not alone in that. In yeah, well, that's fight. the idea, right? Is right. that uh, like you said about talking about it? I mean, that's not that different from an AA meeting, you know, and, yeah. uh, and uh, there is uh, and I've got issues with uh, with that particular organization. But at the same time, you know, I'm uh, I'm sober these days. Yeah. And so I can't. So and something something seems to work with that. So. Uh, so, yeah. You know that's that's why we do this. It's right. it's important, I think, and I think it's uh, if, if it's not brave, then at least it is uh, it is empowering for folks that maybe you know teetering on that edge. Maybe they can yeah. find their own paths too. Um, exactly. And we're not the only ones, by the way. I mean, George, George O'Keefe, live with depression. I mean, there's there's a lot. What would be that one last best, no pressure, bit of advice that you'd like to leave with them, especially those who you know, whose inner naysayers are louder than others. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's no pressure. Um, because it's, you know, I, and maybe, I, I don't know people who, who get over all this completely. I mean, uh, who said that? It was Anne, Anne Lamont who said, you can get the monkey off your back, but the circus never leaves down. Um, I, I, uh, I think she's I think she's right about that. Um, and it's about maybe to extend that metaphor. It's how you carry it, you know. Yeah. But uh, I, uh, you know, I may not have uh, uh, to be honest, uh, I that may be above my pay grade to have uh, advice about how to deal with with depression. I can in terms of uh, your, your your people listening about about with the illustration or something, I, I yeah. I I, uh, I I think it, I think it could be easily I could veer off into something kind of insipid and and uh, and, and and some platitude that really wasn't uh, wasn't all that effective. I'd rather go with something more uh, more pragmatic and concrete. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I may not have anything to do with depression, but I, I would say to your to because uh, I've heard other uh, some of your guests and they all come up with something much more profound than than, uh, than I'm capable of. But uh, don't worry but, about that. I, I, I think, but I think. Uh, <laughs> You don't even know who you're talking to, do you? I'm going to be just, I'm going to be in a fetal position 15 minutes after fucking hang up this phone. But, but, uh, but um, in terms of, of of drawing an illustration and making career or whatever, um, in a, in a very pragmatic sort of a sort of a way, um, in a in a nuts and bolts sort of a bit of advice, if, mm-hmm. if I may be, um, you know, so forward. Don't fall in love with just faces. Um, you know, um, I see a lot of stuff on Instagram and a lot of illustrators who just have these are getting really good at drawing a head and shoulders. And it's, it's very safe and easy to just keep polishing that particular skill. I, I'm the same way as you guys. Um, and I'm, you know, I would rather just draw a head and a shoulder and, and, you know, and do an endless variations of that, but you've got to force yourself to, to get past that, to get other things going on in your, in, in your work and mm-hmm. learn 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 who your people are. Look at everything you can. Absorb all of it. Absorb all these great illustrators um, that are that are working now. And I could name a dozen off the top of my hat, whose whose work I admire. And look how they draw their people. Because if you're going to be an illustrator, you're likely to have to be having uh, working with with figures and humans. Look at how they draw their characters, their people, their the proportions, the size of the head to the body, the the attitude, the uh, the, the 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 medium they use, the uh, Every everything from uh, the nuance of wh- whether they render hands or whether they or how they how they clothe them or or uh, how they uh, how they group them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Learn how to draw pe- your people uh, that that you feel comfortable with. Um, you know, and a lot of times that is, that just starts with 
again, this term that I don't have any right to use because I'm not a musician, but woodshedding. Um, just sit down with a pad and on paper that doesn't, it's not that expensive and say, okay, if I'm going to be drawing a guy, what does my guy look like or my dog or this and that? And then make them doing something because that's what art directors want to see is that you can put your people who are distinctively yours and, um, and will be associated with you uh, uh, into a context, into doing something, you know, and a lot of that stuff just comes from, uh, from doing things instinctively. I remember Brad Holland saying something about how he was sitting at a friend's house at a kitchen table and he had, and, he, and it was a paper bag there. He picked up a ballpoint pen and he started drawing with this ballpoint pen and this paper bag. And it was all coming so naturally and so smoothly and so intuitively and so authentically. And he said to himself, and I'm going to paraphrase here and, uh, Sorry, Brad, if you're listening, which you're not. Um, but uh, he said, why can't I work this way all the time? And that was, you know, if I may be so bold as to, as to sort of like suggest that this was, a, this was a seminal moment for Brad. I'm not sure if he used those words or anything else, but he did talk about that. And he said, you know, that this is, if I can just get to that point where this is how I draw people, this is how I draw, this is what my work looks like without getting my mind in the way of it. That's going to take, take you a long way because what happens when you're young is that you you have all these influences and you have all this insecurity and you have all this stuff and it all once you put pen to paper it's terrifying mm -hmm. and that fear never quite goes away but it also helps if you have a conviction and say this is my guy this is how I draw a tree this is how I draw a woman yeah. you know that kind of thing and so and so you know branch out get rid of that get rid of that disembodied head on the page and. Uh, and draw another one and then draw a body to them both and then both have, have them sitting on a couch or making love or holding hands or, you know, or arguing across the table. Is that, is, am, I, am I making any sense at all? No, I don't know with this bullshit. <laughs> To learn more about John, visit johncunio.com. If you enjoyed our conversation, please share it with your friends, subscribe to the podcast, and provide a positive rating and review. Become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash illustration D-E-P-T. In return, you'll receive our soft enamel pin, a reusable discount code for 10% off, and access to patron-only episodes we're calling Extra Credit. This podcast is produced by the Illustration Department, a global leader in online education for illustrators. Visit us at illustrationdept.com for class offerings, testimonials, the alumni showcase, the podcast show notes, our new forum, the bookshop, and more. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.